Hi, thank you for listening. You've tuned in to the Sermons in Progress edition of the Connections podcast at New Joy Lutheran Church, a digital ministry at New Joy, sharing God's word and reflections on Sunday scripture with all who desire to hear. I'm Chris Duckworth, pastor over at New Joy. This podcast is in preparation for Sunday, February 18th, the first Sunday in the season of Lent. We'll be reading from John chapter 6, verses 35 to 59. And this is the first in our series of uh, Lenten worship services, what we're calling Jesus Is, as we look at five of the I am statements that Jesus makes in the Gospel of John. So who is Jesus? This week Jesus tells us that he is the bread of life. And so we're going to get into that here in just a moment. But before we get into our scripture from John chapter 6, a few announcements. As I mentioned, we are now at the beginning of the season of Lent, and we have daily devotions that are being emailed out to uh, everyone in our congregation. If you would like to be added to the daily devotion email list, simply reach out to Christy in the church office at 317-896-1402 or office at newjoy.org. The daily devotions are being written by partners in ministry and friends of New Joy. I'm really excited and so uh, to, to be reading these each day this season. So uh, sign up for those. You can also get those devotions on our website, uh, available on New Joy's Twitter feed at New Joy Westfield and on New Joy's Facebook page, and on our mobile app. So a lot of ways to connect to these daily devotions. Whatever works best for you, please take advantage of it. As well, this Sunday, we're going to, be, we're going to begin our five-week learning hour of walking through the passion of our Lord Jesus. We're going to do one stage a week for five weeks, and then on the sixth week in Lent, which is Palm Sunday, we will tell... We'll do a reader's theater style presentation of, reading of, dramatic rendering of, though not a lot of acting going on, but just a, a good reading of the passion story. This is for all ages. Many congregations will do a congregational reading of the passion on Palm Sunday or on Good Friday. We're going to do that on Palm Sunday and we're going to get ready for it with the five Sundays prior to that. As we read this story, reflect on it, get to know it a bit. This is the passion of our Lord. This is the story of our Lord's death and resurrection. A story that, especially in this season, we dwell on to reflect and grow in our own faith and our own call to serve. So that'll be on Sunday following worship for the next several weeks. As well, next Wednesday, we begin our Lenten soup suppers. So 6.15 for soup supper, 7 p.m. for worship on Wednesdays in Lent. Keep your eye open for more announcements about that service and meal. Okay, John chapter 6, verse 35 to 59. We'll also be reading parts of Psalm 78 on Sunday. I won't read that in this podcast today, but if you're unable to join us on Sunday, I also encourage you to Go read Psalm 78, verses 9 to 29. But for today's podcast, 
John chapter 6, starting at verse 35. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But I told you that you have seen me and still don't believe. Everyone whom the Father gives to me will come to me, and I won't send anyone away who comes to me. I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the one who sent me, that I won't lose anything he has given me, but I will raise it up on the last day. This is my Father's will, that all who he has given me, sorry, this is my Father's will, that all who see the Son and believe in him will have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. The Jewish opposition grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. And they asked, Isn't this Jesus, Joseph's son, whose mother and father we know? How can he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus responded, Don't grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless they are drawn to me by the Father who sent me, and I will raise them up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has listened to the Father and learned from him comes to me. No one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father, I assure you, Whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that whoever eats from it will never die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. And the Jews debated among themselves, asking, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, I assure you, unless you eat the flesh of the human one and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. My flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever eats me lives because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. It isn't like the bread your ancestors ate, and then they died. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. Jesus said these things while he was teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There's a lot in this text today. And John, the way he renders Jesus' speech, does get a bit thick. He packs a lot in there. We'll just scratch the surface. I'm going to focus on this idea that Jesus is the bread from heaven. Just a few verses earlier in the Gospel of John chapter 6, Jesus feeds 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. He demonstrates his power, yes, 
His compassion, yes. His care for God's people with this work of feeding them. But that feeding is also a metaphor that he feeds them what they need for life. Throughout scripture, God's word is presented as nourishment. Again, that manna from heaven that was given to the Israelites in the wilderness back in the book of Exodus. It was food that provided for the people's hunger. But it was also food that led the people, trained God's people to depend on God for what they needed. Yes, we can focus on the miraculous and say, wow, bread magically appears from heaven. By God's power, bread appears and God's people eat. But what it does to the people is that it leads them to trust in God and God alone for what they need. That 40 years in the wilderness was an exercise in learning to trust God. Jesus here is saying, I am that bread. Trust in me the same way your ancestors trusted in God, my Father. Now I'm going to go through a couple quotes from the Old Testament. From Ezekiel chapter 3, we have the prophet, prophet Ezekiel. And God says to him, Human one, eat this thing that you found. Eat this scroll and go. Speak to the house of Israel. Ezekiel then says, So I opened my mouth and he fed me the scroll. He eats a scroll. He eats this book. Eats words. He said to me, Human one, feed your belly and fill your stomach with this scroll that I give you. And then he said to me, Go and speak my words. The prophet Ezekiel literally eats the word of God. Literally eats the word of God. The word of God is nourishment, yes, for our bodies, but for our souls as well, for our life. The prophet Isaiah chapter 55, we read, All of you who are thirsty, come to the water. Whoever has no money, come buy food and eat. Without money at no cost, buy wine and milk. Listen carefully to me and eat what is good. Enjoy the richest feasts and going on later in that chapter. Just as the rain and snow come down from the sky and don't return there without watering the earth, making it conceive and yield plants, providing seed to the sower and food to the eater, so is my word that comes from my mouth. It does not return to me empty. Instead, it does what I want and accomplishes what I intend. In the prophet Isaiah, God's word is nourishment. It feeds God's people in many ways. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 5, we read, Come and eat my food. Drink the wine I have mixed. This is the invitation from the wisdom of God to eat and drink and to receive God's own wisdom. In Psalm 34, verse 8, we are invited to taste and see how good the Lord is. Taste and see. And in Deuteronomy chapter 8, we read of our Lord's promise to lead his people into a promised land where they will eat to their fill. Again, Yes, this is a literal provision of food, this land of milk and honey. 
but even more so a land where God will dwell with them in peace, a land where God will continue to give them their, that word, that law, that instruction for life. So scripture has a long tradition. Jesus is standing in a long tradition where God's word, where God's own self is described as nourishment and food. And Jesus picks that up here in John chapter 6. He is the bread from heaven. He is the source of life. Later in the reading for today, he comes to this He goes from talking about bread to talking about flesh. Flesh and blood. This gets a bit more graphic, let's say. This gets a bit more um, gruesome, even. Using imagery of flesh and blood uh, recollects imagery of sacrifice from the Old Testament. Using the word flesh and blood even brings up imagery of Oh, cannibalism. And Jews did not drink the blood of the animals they sacrificed. Yet Jesus is saying, drink and eat. He is offering a radical communion, a radical intimacy, using imagery of sacrifice and of eating and of taking in his own presence. Now we Lutherans, We'll hear this and hear in this echoes of Holy Communion. This is the body of Christ given for you, the blood of Christ shed for you. While I won't suggest that this is precisely or only about communion, we do see in this text echoes of an invitation to eat his flesh and drink his blood, to commune with him, yes, in the way he has commanded us to commune with him at the Lord's Supper. But more. Again, we see this throughout the Bible, that this imagery of, of, of word as food and nourishment, God's word as food and nourishment, for us to eat his flesh and drink his blood, is to follow his teachings, is to find our ultimate dependence and reliance on him. And so if we we rely on Jesus for our food of life, if we rely on Jesus for what we need to guide us into everlasting life, for how we live now in relationship to our neighbors and to our society and to our world, and then for the promise of eternal life, If Jesus is our guide, then the philosophies, the prevailing political currents, social hashtags, and so forth, are not life-giving. They are not what gives life. They are not what we are called to depend on. This comes down to finding our utmost strength and nourishment and promise in Jesus. Now, I say this even as I preached last night, that it's not about a false dichotomy between Jesus and the world. But then the world does stuff like shoot up kids at a school in Florida. 
and I'm left wondering where are our commitments as a society, as a world? We seem more committed to violence than we do to life. Yeah, to rights. To own weapons rather than rights to simply live for kids to go to school. What do we value? Where do we find life? Jesus is one who told Peter to put down the sword. We hail the hero, that football coach yesterday, who took bullets so other kids could get away. And while we're grateful for that man's sacrifice, and may his memory be a blessing, may his family find comfort in his care for others in his last moments. As we lift him up as a hero, let's also lament our broken society that seems unwilling to do anything about all too common school shootings. When somebody gets sick from produce, we recall the produce. When airbags don't work, we recall those vehicles. When weapons are used in ways that harm people, we, 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 we don't do anything? Where do we find life? What can we do? I believe that our call to eat our Lord's flesh and blood our call to that intimacy with Jesus is to take on his own life. And his own life is one of sacrifice. His own life is, life is one of giving and caring for others. His own life is one of rejecting power, but instead giving life to others. How can we give life? How can we be workers and agents of life-giving power in this world? How can we share flesh and blood? How can we share bread that truly nourishes the world? How like that word of God in Isaiah 55 that comes down and doesn't return to God until it, it, it has an impact. What impact are we called to have and to make in a world that seems hell-bent on death? Of course, like I said last night, it's not either or. In the midst of death and showers of bullets, there is life. There are men like that football coach who dared to get in the way to protect others. There are those first responders who run. This is most certainly true. But I shake my fist. And I lament and I cry out, why God? And I consider what the Apostle James writes... James and James chapter 2 where he talks about how we are called to care for our neighbor in need James 2 I'm turning to it right now he says imagine chapter 2 verse 15 a brother or a sister who is naked and who would never has enough food to eat what if one of you said go in peace stay warm have a nice meal 
But what good is it if you don't actually give them what their body needs? Frankly, I feel the same way about our, 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 our political leadership right now. What good are their thoughts and prayers and, 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 and I believe a genuine words of remorse and concern? But if they and as we of a society aren't doing more, we can tell someone who's naked, have a nice day, who's hungry, you know, have a good day. But our calling is actually to clothe them and to feed them. And for children who are vulnerable to such violence, our, our, our calling is to keep them safe. Through means of gun control and greater security at school or schools or whatever it might be, are we willing to bear that cost? think the proof's in the pudding. We aren't. And Lord have mercy on our souls for our failure to care and to do anything. May God bless the families of Parkland, Florida. May God forgive our sins, our sin of our inability to address this crisis, this plague. May God give us the will to care for the vulnerable. Let's pray. Gracious God, Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise that your Son indeed comes to us with bread of life, with life-giving words and food that joins us to him and that thus joined to him takes us into places of suffering and death, but also into promise and new life. So gracious God, grant that we who dwell in his word and receive his presence and bread and cup grant that we might have the courage to bear his life in the world especially in the face of death the death of illness the death of poverty the death of violence the death of broken relationships the death of despair take us O god into these places of death for we are bearers of your life we feed on your bread of life Let us share that food with others and find comfort in the promise of eternal life that your Son gives us. Bless our congregation. Bless all who are engaging in disciplines this Lent. Bless our community, Westfield and Carmel, their mayors, their city councils. May they work for the common good. Bless our schools especially. May our children be safe. May they be safe in them and may they learn in them and use the gifts that you have given them, O God, for the good of each other and of our community. Bless us, O God, this day and always. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. God bless you and have a great weekend or whenever you're listening to this. May you be blessed today and know God's blessings for you. Our Lord is the bread of life and he feeds you with that promise. So take and eat. It's given for you. God bless you. Hope to see you soon at New Joy every Sunday, 9.30 a.m. at the corner of 156 and Spring Mill in Westfield, Indiana. Until next time, God bless. Know God's blessings for you. And share God's blessings with those around you. In Jesus' name, amen.